From Alaska Teen Media Institute, this is Podcasts in Place, Youth Stories from Quarantine, a series about youth in Alaska during the COVID-19 pandemic. We're bringing you stories, interviews, and audio diaries from teenagers and young adults stuck indoors without anything else to do. I'm at me producer Riley Taylor, recording this on my iPhone in my closet, since the main at me studio is closed for the time being. Today we'll be hearing from Tasha Elizarde. Tasha lives in Juneau, but has been going to school in Mount Holyoke College in Massachusetts. When her campus shut down due to the coronavirus, she was concerned about returning home and inadvertently putting her grandparents at risk of infection. So she decided to quarantine at her sister's place in Portland, Oregon. She also talks about healthy ways to stay preoccupied during quarantine, how the recent protests over police brutality have impacted her and her hopes that the world can come out of this a better place. Here's Tasha Elizarde, recorded on May 31st, 2020. I live in Juneau, Alaska, but I go to school at Mount Holyoke College on the other side of the country in the western area of Massachusetts. But when COVID had hit, which we know now that COVID has been in the U.S. for a long time, um, but in the middle of March was when our school had announced that we would have to leave. And everyone was talking about how we were being evicted from campus. I was kind of just hanging out there thinking like, oh my God, what am I going to do? I have no idea. And it took me a while to figure out where I was going to go. And I decided to come here to Portland, which is where my older sister lives, where I am living with her, her husband and two roommates. And I am sleeping in the living room for a while. I was sleeping on the couch thinking like, oh, I'm only going to be here for a couple weeks and then I'll be home or I'll be off to California for my summer internship. So it won't be too big of a deal. But as time has extended, we've now brought an extra mattress to the living room. I thankfully have some curtains up too, so I have a little bit of privacy. Uh, But that being said, it's a cramped house. We have five people here with only a couple of bedrooms. But that is what my life looks like right now. I chose to come here to Portland rather than go home because I had known at the time that this news had hit that if I decided to come to Juneau, then I would be putting my grandparents at risk since my grandparents also live in Juneau. I live in this big Filipino family where I have a lot of family on my dad's side as well as a couple of members on my mom's side there. And so I have both um, my grandparents, my my nanai, my grandma on my dad's side as well as my um, mama and papa on my mom's side, my grandma and grandpa living in Juneau, very close to us. And so I did not want to go there and put them at risk since at the time the news was talking about how older folks were the ones who were going to be most impacted. So 
here I am in Portland, Oregon, kind of relaxing now about two-ish, two and a half months, I think two and a half-ish months into quarantine. I got here at the end of March. Um, what had happened was it was only a week before my birthday, which is on March 13th, so I'm now 21, woo. Um, but a week before my birthday, the news had hit that we would have to leave campus. And, you know, before then I thought, like a lot of people, I had thought, oh, COVID, I had heard things, but I didn't think it was as big of a deal as it was going to be. And so I stayed for a little bit on campus for as long as we were allowed to stay since they were pretty adamant on making us leave. Um, And thankfully with some mutual fund support, I was able to book a flight to Portland And I have been just spending time here ever since hanging out. Most of my time has been spent finishing finals. So I recently finished my finals about two or three weeks ago now. And once I had done, I was like, oh my gosh, I finally have some freedom. And as well as some more emotional energy to continue on this time. Since like everyone, I've been dealing with having to take care of my mental health in this time since it's scary to be in this global pandemic when a lot of information is skewed or confused and unclear. And the other thing that has been weighing on my mind was just thinking about future things like, oh my goodness, what's going to happen to what I'm going to be doing this summer since I was planning to be in California interning for an organization. Thankfully, that internship got moved online, so I will still be working there. But it was wild knowing that I was no longer going to be having the same plans as I was hoping. And as someone who is going to be a rising junior and um, Thankfully, our school has very accessible study abroad. I was planning on studying abroad either in the fall or spring, but you know, given the situation, I'm now unsure. And so a lot of quarantine for me has been a practice in supporting my mental health and in reframing how the future looks because most of my worries, while they tend to gather around, oh, what am I going to do in the future? I had all these plans and really mourning the things that are happening. It's also a lot about me thinking about people in my community as well as other people who are losing their lives to COVID, Um, especially a lot of more low-income folks, a lot of Black folks, Indigenous folks who are being especially impacted by coronavirus and so my brain has been split into two in thinking about my own personal concerns um, but also acknowledging my privilege but also feeling really upset and unsure as to how to support people who are being impacted the most and I think the wildest thing that's been happening for me now is that only a few days ago George Floyd was murdered by a police officer in Minneapolis. And this is even a wilder time because I, you know, I, police violence is such a huge issue that I stand firmly against. But to see this also happening in a time when we are in a global pandemic and, you know, every time I look onto social media, I'm listening or reading about 
something happening, all of the rallies. Um, here in Portland, just a day or two ago, they decided to have an 8 p.m. curfew, which is not something I'm used to having back home in Juneau, although I'm hearing that Alaska is also going to have a curfew as well for the protest, um, or in reaction to the protest, I should say. Um, I, I've, I don't remember ever having to like see a curfew being implemented because of because of what was happening, at least not in Alaska. I don't remember that happening in Juneau. But to be, you know, in a city where there are protests happening and knowing that a lot of people are going out and protesting this issue, but also knowing that we are also um, at risk to a very severe virus is really scary. And at least for me, I've been like, oh my gosh, like I want to go do something. I want to go protest too, but, and really try to engage more people in talking about what is happening with police brutality, but also knowing that like I also need a place to stay. And unfortunately, you know, there are other people living in this house um, who are, um, I think we're all like pretty set against police violence, but are also worried about our own health um, for if someone does contract coronavirus and coming in here and, and endangering other people is also a concern. And so it's been like this terrible game really to to watch everything that is happening now um, because it's just so frustrating to know that this is still happening. Like racism is existing, not just in how coronavirus hits, but also when people are being hurt. Um, people are being hurt, um, taken advantage of by systems. And so that has been very frustrating for me to watch. And I'm still not sure how to deal with that. Um, and kind of like live my daily life um, thinking about these things and not knowing how to act. That being said, I am trying to find joy in my daily life. I'm like, you know, like I feel like I, I feel very thankful in a lot of ways that I'm able to be in a space that's very safe, um, very healthy space too. And while there's not a lot of room in the house and there are a lot of really big issues going around happening in this town as well as everywhere else, I'm just like trying to find the joy in existing in a very crazy time because like you know like I talk to anyone about the virus it's always the first thing that pops up when I'm talking to a new person um and we just you know like our conversations are dominated by angst and fear and it's frustrating because I don't want to be living in so much angst and fear even though that that's the top thing that we are talking about. And so I've been trying to do things that would, that'll help me as they've been talking about my mental health and all of that. Um, 
doing things like, thankfully I'm like, I'm kind of like learning new hobbies and activities right now. And so I used to write a lot. And so I'm getting back into writing. I'm reading a lot of different poetry. Um, I was able to attend this free poetry workshop online the other day called Poetry for Pro of um, Poetry for Protest, hosted by uh, Kundi Men, which is this Asian American um, writers program, really well known. And we talked a lot about how poetry can be used for protest, which I think is very timely given where we are right now in this country. Another thing that I have been doing in my time is a lot of photography. I was able to upgrade my camera recently. Um, I've been like saving up a lot of money to to get a camera because, as a lot of people say, photography is a very expensive hobby to have, which is very true. But I was able to upgrade to a proper uh, DSLR is what you would call it, which is just a digital camera. And so I took a couple of shots the other day outside in the sun. Actually, I was going in and outside of the house every two seconds just so I could get the pictures outside and then I would run back inside, try to cool off a little bit and then go back out. But I got quite a few photos. I'm still learning how to edit things. Trying to do a lot of other things. I've been cooking a lot recently, trying to learn how to cook Filipino foods. I've been probing my mom for different recipes. I just made chicken adobo earlier, which is just one of those classic easier recipes that I know how to do. Which is, if you don't know what chicken adobo is, it's kind of like basically chunks of chicken in this soy sauce mix or marinade with onions and a ton of other good things. It's really good. I made arriscaldo, which is a type of rice porridge. And I actually made pulled pork the other day for the first time too, which was super easy. So I'm very happy about that because I have a ton of pulled pork now that I can just do whatever with. I was also able to practice the ukulele more, which is something that I play in my free time. Um, I haven't learned any new songs <laughs> like all year, but it has been a fun time. I just kind of strum random things in the sun and it makes me feel like, I don't know how I'll have like these nostalgic moments um, from before quarantine because I would travel a lot where I would just, right now I would just like be sitting outside and I'd be like, oh my God, remember that time I was in Hawaii like a while back in the summer and it felt just like this, the beautiful sun, blah, blah. Or like my sister and I were able to go to France a couple of years ago. Um, and while we were in France, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, while we were in France, we were like speaking French to people and everything. We we're both terrible at it, but we tried since that was why we were there. But since she's here, we've been like jokingly talking to each other about how much we miss France. And so sometimes I'll have moments where I'm just sitting in the grass in our lawn and I'll be like, wow, this feels like southern France where we were three years ago. <laughs> Um, and then other moments, I'll just be like, wow, I miss Juno. I, I do miss Juno. I miss other parts of Alaska that I've been in. You know, I wish I could come home, but I, 
I've been telling my mom and my younger brother, like, hey, I don't think we can come home for a while because of coronavirus. And so that's been a hard thing to realize is that feeling of being separated from your family, especially I think earlier on into quarantine, I had especially this thought where I would be like, oh my gosh, yeah, what if my mom gets hurt or someone else in my family gets hurt? What am I going to do? And especially because I'm far away, I won't be able to see them. And so that has been a scary thought. And so trying to power through that has been challenging. Um, As I said, trying to find joy in my daily life by doing these different activities has been a really important way of coping for me. But it doesn't really erase all of the challenges I feel like we're facing with being far away from family and being here and then seeing all of the problems happening out throughout this country and in the world. It's pretty wild. Um, But yeah, I don't know, like this being in quarantine, it's just wild to think that I have been in quarantine for so long now, a couple months, way longer than I think at least for me, longer than I had expected. And a lot of the things that I've been learning, or at least I'm trying to take this moment as a learning learning moment, really, because, you know, how else are you going to be coping with all of the problems happening? But I just keep trying to, like, tell myself, you know, like, this is a time to just try to make the most of where we are and get to know the land and get to know and understand what's happening everywhere. Um, And it's really hard to do that, but it's also what we have to do, I think, in this time. And I'm just, I've been just hoping that we're all, (laughs) I think we're all going to walk out of this completely traumatized. I know that all of us are already so traumatized. I know that I'll go to therapy and my therapist will like to remind me that we are going through a very historic moment and that we have to take care of each other and ourselves. And I think that's real. Um, And once we leave quarantine, which Hopefully it will be soon. I just want the vaccine to come already. And I am hoping that the vaccine will be accessible, very accessible. But um, once quarantine ends, I'm just hoping things will be better and that this will make us rethink how we think the world. I've been having a lot of conversations with folks about how how this will change us um, globally and I don't know what it'll exactly look like and I know for me I'm a history major so I like to think about like oh what is this point in time going to look like in history who knows I'm hoping it'll be a good turning point because I think that what's clear is there are a lot of problems and as one of my professors had said to me that problems like these situations like these only exacerbate the problems that already exist in our governing system and so that's something that I am hoping we become more aware of and that things do change in the future because it's not this is to be in quarantine for this long I think is not sustainable nor good um and there are a lot of 
issues happening across the country that are unfair. But I am gaining so much more appreciation for daily life by the day. And I'm just wishing everyone here safety and health. And yeah, safety, health, and as much joy as we can possibly muster in this time. That was Tasha Elizarde. You've been listening to Podcast in Place, Youth Stories from Quarantine from Alaska Teen Media Institute. Our show's theme music was composed by Devin Schreckengost. Stay tuned for more stories from quarantined youth. You can also find these stories at alaskateenmedia.org, where we have also included resources for youth during quarantine as part of a partnership with State of Alaska Division of Behavioral Health. Many thanks to supporters of our podcast, including United Way of Anchorage, the National Endowment for the Humanities, and the Rasmussen Foundation through the Arts in Education Fund, administered under contract by the Alaska State Council on the Arts. Thanks also to our listeners who contribute to our programs and help us leverage additional funds and grants. If you'd like to support Youth Voices in Anchorage and help keep our podcasts going, you can donate to our organization by going to alaskateenmedia.org and clicking donate. Also on our website, you can learn more about what our organization does, listen to past episodes of our podcast, or find out how you too can get involved. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For Alaska Teen Media Institute, I'm Riley Taylor. Thanks for listening. Stay safe out there. We'll get through this together.